Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. Did you watch the feature film The Flash? Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I did. Did you watch it twice like I did? You know, the other night I was at my friend's house and we had a few drinks and we were just hanging out. And we were like, what do you want to do? And I was just like, mm, do I say watch The Flash? But uh, I restrained it. So, no, I only watched it once. Although I did watch a... And it was like VFX guys on YouTube. I watched them break down some of the visual effects in it, the good and the bad and the ugly. And it was, uh, it was interesting. I learned some stuff. But so, no, I've only watched it once. Yeah, I watched it twice. <laughs> that is a choice that you made. Well, mainly because I watched it like the day it hit streaming mm. a little while back. Yeah, and you, and you needed to remember all the important plot details and compelling emotional moments. and. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was trying to watch it sober, too. That was also part of my decision. <laughs> um, I definitely think my first watching, the less sober viewing, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, where does one begin with a movie like The Flash? You know, okay, so I guess we'll start here. We'll, we'll have, are, were you familiar with this storyline at all? Did you watch there the There was a storyline? Okay, fair enough. Uh, the the uh, the attempt at a storyline, this you know the flashpoint kind of story. Had you watched I, the animated movie? Had you? No, no. Okay. I mean, I'm 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 vaguely familiar with the idea of the Flash does a time travel and resets the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. I had not read the comics, but I did watch the animated movie, which I understand hewed pretty close to, you know what you can fit into a 90 minute animated movie from the comics. And I also, they did a version of it on the CW show, um, which was somehow better. Low bar, <laughs> low bar. Uh, there's elements that they, they, they keep. Um, some things I think were probably, you know, good to jettison, but uh, many things were not. And uh, yeah, they made for, a hell of a confusing movie. Yeah, I um, I actually sat down and tried to like bullet point out the plot. Mm. And that makes everything worse. Oh, I'm sure it does. But let me start here. Um, This movie is insane in so many ways. Almost every decision on screen and off screen seems to be the exact opposite of what a reasonable person would do. <laughs> Which leads me to a conclusion that says this movie might, in fact, be genius. Because I cannot for the life of me ex explain to myself how this movie is made in the way that it's made. Again, every decision appears to be the wrong one. And not only the wrong one from like a making good movies perspective or a wrong one from like the perspective of uh, like trying to keep your flagpole, uh, your tentpole franchise off the ground, you know, mm -hmm. just from like a business of movies perspective. Every decision seems wrong. Um, And even just the decision to finish and release this movie at all seems like a wild idea. And because of that, 
I'm beginning to think maybe this movie wasn't supposed to check those boxes. Maybe this movie is in fact a brilliant commentary on the movie going public and the, the Hollywood's obsessive desire to uh, regurgitate, remix, and reference everything to the point where nothing has any meaning or impact uh, on anything. This movie references movies that didn't even exist. Like, it's it's almost like Rick and Morty style fourth wall breaking. And I'm only half kidding here. Mm -hmm. That it seems like this movie is making fun of superhero movies. It's almost like Deadpool in that regard, but I don't think they're doing that on purpose. Right. Like, literally nothing in this movie matters. In, in to to the characters within the movie, none of them learn anything or grow or change. Um, within the broader concept of like the DC Cinematic Universe, um, because it's all been thrown away. None of this can matter yeah. in terms of like a larger story. It's it's nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. And the whole point of the movie appears to be don't bother doing anything <laughs> because nothing will matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I know this I know this movie lost a lot of money. Uh, yeah. and you know, I I do think there was there is a there was a risk or there is a risk, I don't know, of, you know, in these big, like you said, tentpole, you know, franchises that just, especially on the D, looking at, we'll just ignore Marvel for now, but looking at the DC side and looking at it being like, they have put out mostly garbage for the past 15 years. Yep. Yet they are still like billion dollar movies or near, near enough. Maybe not quite, you know, the scale of a Marvel film, the success of Marvel film, but still plenty of money in, in this, in the, the making of and releasing of these, you know, your Batman v Superman's and your justice leagues and your whatever. And you have to wonder at some point if a studio, eh, we'll say, you know, similar to a certain star Wars kind of franchise where it's just like, it doesn't matter what the fuck we do. If we put it out and put any amount of fan service in it, it'll make us a shit ton of money. We don't have to make it, you know, look good, make any sense. We don't have to, you know, pay our writers or pay our VFX people all that much. We'll just go to the lowest bidder and, you know, as long as we get a cameo or two in there, you know, eh, it'll probably make $500 million. We'll call it a day. And this didn't. So maybe that's a good sign that, like, that th that strategy doesn't work. Uh, or... You know, maybe that's purely just because of the context of like Ezra Miller being whatever they are doing Lunatic. right now. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, the imminent complete reset with without seeming that like there because there was an opportunity, right, to make this movie the reset. Right. Like, absolutely. We're going to use this film to kick off the next thing, the James Gunn DC verse, and we'll use it as a send off of these characters and it'll do that and whatever. Uh, they didn't do that. No. Um, at all. For reasons that cannot be explained. Yeah. It seemed like 
that would be the most reasonable decision to make here. Um, I guess it's weird to have a character write themselves out of existence in their own movie, which I guess might have been a weird like hurdle to to jump over. But uh, again, it just seems like that was what I thought was. I was like waiting for that to happen in this movie. And I was like, oh, I guess they just aren't doing that. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's like that comes down to the like you made the war. You made the wrong calls at every turn. Like, I'm not saying that I need to see or really wanted to see like let's go back to the like post-apocalyptic nightmare world from the Snyder movies mm-hmm. with, you know, Batman in the trench coat and all that other bullshit, the mm-hmm. edgy mm-hmm. version. Um, I'm not saying we need to go back there, but seeing as how like a crucial plot point in this entire movie universe was like Batman having a vision of a bearded flash coming back to warn him about something like, to not pay off on any of that at all, why? Why not? Right? Like, I mean, you had Affleck. Why mm-hmm. couldn't you do, why couldn't you have this revolve around that future somehow instead of a different future in a desert, but this one is more boring? <laughs> That's something we've already seen before. Well, but yeah, and, and it's. Like, but that's just baffling to me. Like, you don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't pay off on all the time travel shenanigans you've already set up. Okay, fine. But instead, you don't. It's not like you use that as a chance to like bring in a new villain or a new storyline. You're just like, let's bring in Superman's villain from the Superman movie people didn't like. <laughs> I Wild decision, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, maybe the thought was like, well, uh, you know, I could have seen like, well, you know, the Snyder stuff wasn't good despite a weird subsection of the internet who seems obsessed with it. Uh, so we're going to distance ourselves from that. We're not going to do the, 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 yeah, the whatever that was called. Uh, the weirdo future sure. terribleness. Fine. Okay, uh, but then but then we're just gonna double down on all the Snyder stuff anyway right. by including Batfleck and doing Man of Steel again. And what? What? It's just yeah. Uh, it, and it's like we already did this. Like you know, seeing you know, seeing the the Man of Steel attack from Batman's or I guess Bruce Wayne's. You know. Uh, perspective in Batman vs Superman was like kind of interesting and novel to a degree, right. right? Like, oh, that's interesting. He was there and he's seeing this like very different perspective as like just an average dude on the ground. And you know, I thought that was cool to a degree. And it's like, oh, we're just gonna do it again, but with the Flash, right? And, and also, it's just, oh, it's just. A- and again, which I mean, that's not. The worst I... Well, I mean, I wouldn't pick it because I don't really care about that storyline. But again, if you're gonna go back to the Snyder well, why not go back to the other stuff? Why this? Yeah. You know? Um, Because it's not like the Flash's trauma from not being able to save that kid's dad 
was some meaningful character moment that either we'd already heard about or that we were somehow waiting to see, mm-hmm. you know, because this movie just keeps piling on as many traumas onto Barry Allen as it can to be like, <laughs> hey, will this give you motivation? No. What if your mom's also dead? No. What if you she's dead and you blame yourself kind of because you ran away when it happened, but we never really addressed that? Also, you changed your entire clothes in between the scene of your dad leaving for the store and then uh, your dad coming back from the store. You're wearing a completely different outfit for some reason. Um, like, it, it, it's it's just, it's again, why that? Why that? Why have that scene at all? Oh, no, Zod's here. We need to stop him. But apparently we have weeks to do so. <laughs> Um, which is also just an incredibly weird decision that the action picks up when Zod comes to Earth and he's like, give us the Kryptonian. And then Flash is like, oh, we got like a week or two to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, I I have a question that I don't remember. Uh-huh. Did, did they ever say who killed Barry's mom? Nope. Oh, okay. Because I think I was... Because in the... Uh, show version and the movie, ver- you know, the animated movie version, there's a very, it's reverse Flash. Right. Reverse Who's Flash. like a, an evil Barry from another timeline, right? Uh, reverse Flash is not an evil Barry from another timeline. Reverse Flash is a long, long-term descendant of Barry, I think. Okay. Who's like, basically like an evil speedster from like the far future who just okay, right. decides he, his whole goal in life is to make Barry miserable. Um, and he's just, he's just a dick. He's just an asshole. And then there's this is one of the problems with the Flash show on CW. I did not finish it. I think I dropped off like three or four seasons before it ended. But every season, the big bad is just another speedster of some kind. So you kind of get to move through all of the rogue gallery of the Flash that is other speedsters, which of which there is way too many. <laughs> um, and the character that this evil Barry that turns into this movie is called... Oh, God... Savitar? Something like that? Uh, Purpleberry. Purpleberry in... I'll remember what it is, but... Uh, he, you know, it, they do a better version of what they try to do here, where it's like, oh, the, the, the darker side of Barry becomes obsessed with trying to fix this, and then ends up kind of going, you know, evil uh, to Savitar, not Zavitar, my mistake. Oh, um, yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and like, you know, then becomes this like in this, he's all just fucked up. And the other thing, he's in this big robotic suit, basically. So you can't tell until the end of the season with the big reveals that it's actually just evil alternate universe Barry, um, which is like fine. But you think that would be something we'd want to address in this movie of like why or even if it's just something mundane, it's just like a, a arm break in that just goes bad or something like it just seems so absent. And I think I just filled it in for myself. It's like, oh, yeah, it's reverse flash. I'm like, wait, he's not in this movie. And unless no. we're supposed to imply that, like, Evil Barry did it for some reason, which is also not the case that I remember in any way. Uh, what? Yeah, no, it's 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 and the movie seems very committed to the idea of like, it almost seems like there was going to be some reveal, but it got cut. Yeah. Which and... is an odd thing to cut the whole basis of the movie. <sighs> Which I know, like, it maybe doesn't matter, but it feels like it should matter. Well, it's it's because the movie can't make up its fucking mind. <laughs> like, 
Um, and there's a scene in the, you know, in the big finale when uh, annoying Barry says to Barry Prime, like, you're going to kill mom. And Barry doesn't exactly say Barry Prime doesn't exactly say no. But and I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, shit, they might do something interesting here. Right. Like, um, but uh, then a second later, I was like, no, they're not going to fucking do that. Where like <laughs> Barry has to kill his mom. Like he right. he has to do it. Like, that's the only way to fix the timeline is for him to kill his mom yeah. himself. Like, that's dark and that's grim. It's not what they're going to do. But you're right. Like, it's like the movie keeps gesturing, gesturing towards this idea of somebody killed Barry's mom. Who is it? But we never seem all that interested in figuring that out. And also the entire premise of all of this of like, okay, Barry wants to go back in time and save his mom. Fine. Um, But somehow the movie just agrees that he can't do it in a way that's going to involve too much interaction. The movie does not explain why, why that matters. Um, It has to, it has to be, it has to do some like, has to be tricky, but it's like, my guy, you move at the speed of light, you're invisible. You could just, you know, just stop the guy who broke into your house, you know, like right. you could just do that and, just, you know, um, right. And, and no one would know it would just things would just not happen. And, um, and he does it in a way that is very low interaction, hypothetically. Right. right. So I, I guess the 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 implication is that somehow his dad being there stops his mom from dying, which is like, OK, I guess. Um, again, not knowing the context and what that happens makes that to be like, I guess. But then this might be where you're heading, but and also why this movie makes no sense is that like and again, the wrong decision where it's like, so the whole premise of the movie and what, you know, grizzled wise Batman tells in the game movie is like, you can't change it. It is what it is. It makes us who we are, etc. You have to accept it and move forward. OK, that is a fine enough, you know, moral message. And then he learns it and does the terrible thing. And then he has to try and fix it. Okay. Then he realizes, okay, to fix it, I have to go put it all back to normal. Okay. But then he doesn't. Right. And he makes just as much of a, like, adjustment to the timeline as the previous one he made. And obviously there's the gag about it at the end. But it also sort of like, well, doesn't that rip out the entire emotional heart of this movie? Well, and it's the difficult thing about it is, like, what what is the emotional heart of this movie? <laughs> because the idea of like, you can't change the past. That's not a lesson we need to learn. That's not an option for any of us. Right. Sure. Like, it's not like we need to be talked out of using our time machines to correct things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's. I mean, you could maybe extrapolate a step or two and say something like, well, you know, we shouldn't let past trauma totally define our lives moving forward and you know whatever something yes like that. that that you could that that's yes that that's theoretically <laughs> that's giving a lot of grace to this movie what I'll is what way. is at play but here's how the movie undercuts that idea <laughs> it's its own idea like because on one side it's like you can't let your trauma define you you have to move on with your life okay fine but also we also know that barry's dad is gonna go to it's like wrongly accused of the murder so we kind of can't let it go right like it's one thing for batman to be like look you gotta let things go it's like yeah you caught the guy that murdered your parents right and you you basically have fixed gotham right like that's what 
Michael Keaton Batman says. I'm going to call him Bat Dad from now on. Bat That's Dad. what Bat Dad says. Is he's like Gotham's like the safest city in America now. I'm done. And it's like, okay, so don't let go of your trauma. Like use your trauma to do good things, right? Um, and also like Barry's trauma is clearly not like there. He can't get over it yet. He still has to help his dad get out of jail. Um, so that just doesn't seem to be what the movie is trying to say and it's not like Barry you know it's like Barry just kind of gets the idea early in the movie of like oh maybe I could time travel and save my mom yeah that seems like fun it's not like this has been his whole like this has been his obsession this whole time and it's ruining his life right like what we see of Barry at the beginning of the movie, it's not like his trauma is a burden for him. Like, he's using it to become, like, a, you know, like an investigator, and, like, he's part of the Innocence Project thing, you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. If anything, like, the what, the what the first ten minutes of the movie sets up is that, like, Barry needs to get more credit for his abilities, and he needs to have more self-confidence in himself. Right. So he's not just like the Justice League's janitor, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then the movie's like, oh no, you have to like fix all the timelines for some reason. Um, so it's whatever this movie's trying to tell us is just so muddled. And then it's not like Barry comes out of it. Like we see him, he has like, he's resolved his trauma and now he's a more fully realized individual. No, he's the same fucking guy, still trying to fix the past. Right. It, it undermines itself completely with that choice. With all of it. With all of it. <laughs> the whole thing. Like, it's like, why, you know, and I, I, again, complete wrong choices all around. Right. <laughs> like, okay, you guys want to do a time travel movie. Great. Fine. We love time travel. Who doesn't like a good time travel movie? Uh, all you got to do is set up some relatively intuitive rules for your time travel and we can get into all sorts of sci-fi hijinks. Great. Oh, no, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. We want to do a multiverse movie. Okay, fine. Yeah, you know, we've, you know, the the Marvel movies have shown us you can just have different actors coming in and you don't need to explain shit too much. It's just like, "Ah, yeah, I'm Spider-Man from the other universe. Guess I'm Tobey Maguire now. And we're all like, yay! And you can just kind of say, fuck it. We don't need big explanations. Like, we get it. Multiverses. We've all watched Rick and Morty. We've all watched other things. It's fine. So, great. Do your multiverse movie. No. We want to do time travel and multiverse. (laughs) Okay. So, like, each multiverse is, like, the result of, like, a different decision of time travel. And you're bounced back and forth. No, 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 no. We got this whole new thing. It's all about spaghetti. (laughs) And like sometimes things intersect, but that means they always intersect and you can't fix that. Why? Don't worry about it. Some events you can't change. Other events you can. How do I know which events I can change? Don't fucking worry about it is what events you can change. We'll tell you whatever is more convenient for the plot in the moment. Like... You're telling me that uh, Purple Barry, um, who can basically travel all through 
time now didn't bother just trying to find like a uh uh you know a um a, 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 uh, like a timeline where you know he's just like alright I guess I have to murder the baby Supergirl and then Zod can't get the stuff and we'll be fine couldn't do that no you're always just gonna try to prevent her from getting stabbed in that moment cause that's the, it doesn't it just none of it makes any fucking sense and it's cause they couldn't make up their mind right do you wanna do a multiverse do you wanna do a time travel we wanna do both and we're not gonna think very hard about any of it yeah it's baffling i mean it and then you've got you know like this like you know listen i'm down for some fun like you said some fun cameos i'm gonna think about it some fan service whatever but like just no like that like you know like the colliding of worlds scene multi you know colliding of universes scene it's just like what why what what is this like uh it's Right, very like, confusing and and it's like oh well all the rooms the, the worlds are colliding it's like so what what does that mean like what yeah. does that mean in reality <laughs> yeah because uh, we're in our psychedelic time travel like speed pocket dimension you know like what does this mean on on the for the outside world how what does any of this have to you know right it's it's and um wasting all this time and being like oh he's corrupting other timelines it's like i guess that's bad but you know again this is just it's like we're doing this because references you know like because we're gonna reference movies that you haven't that didn't even don't even exist we've got so (laughs) many references in here um and it's 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 like why what does this have to do with anything and then they all look so bad and so cheap and so fake yeah yeah, the VFX guys I was watching, they were talking about how, like, you know, there's so many scenes. And also, like, it, I didn't really notice it because I'm not, like a, you know, like, a VFX, like, you know, digging around kind of guy. But, like, the other Barry, the, the somehow more annoying Barry, is, is like, mostly CGI most of the movie. Like, really? fake kind of stuff. Like, or at least, like, the body is partially CGI and you can see a lot of really weird, like, if you're watching very carefully, like, glitching with the head and body. Like, where, like, you know, he'll move in, like, his shoulders don't move or, like, vice versa or something like that. And, and like, how there was just so many bad choices around, like, they're talking about the Nicolas Cage scene. And, like, he turns around and his eyes are glowing and they're like, oh, cool. And then, like, the camera pans and that's when it starts to look like, it starts to orbit around him. And it's like, that's when it looks like absolute trash because you lose, like, the depth and you lose whatever. Yeah. And they're like, why did they do that? Just, they could have just cut it there. Like, and it would have looked better. Like, there's just so many things that were yeah just like really bad choices and you know like especially all the stuff in the speed arena and it's like whatever you want to call it, i don't know whatever that was the treadmill or something and that was just it's like some of it was like so weird it bordered on cool but then a lot of it was just like this is not purposefully bad and weird it's just bad and that is definitely a way to some of this movie as a whole but um I think the other piece that's hard is that y- you actually do get a little, like, at least, you know, in that, like, you-, you get a little invested in the characters that you meet along the way, right? Bad Dad, Supergirl, and then it's like, they're nothing. Like, they don't, they don't exist. Yep. Like you said, like, this movie is, is pointless. Like, you don't get any payoff on those characters. You don't get really any payoff for Barry because he doesn't learn from his mistake and just does the same thing. And then, you know, I guess this is nice because it's not, you know, uh, 
like he has changed the timeline somehow because now you have George Clooney Batman, which I do legit legitimately laugh at because I forgot about. But laughing because also it's like, well, okay, now you've just the whole movie is is truly, truly meaningless. Yes. And um, I really liked the Supergirl. Mm -hmm. I thought she was great. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of her. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently that's not going to happen. I think I read somewhere that like they were kind of teeing her up to be a part of things. But then when the you know, when James Gunn came in and reset the universe, that got kiboshed, which I think is sad because I liked I mean, you know, like, um, you know, angry, like almost goth girl, uh, Supergirl. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yes, I will marry her. Um, You know, it it seems I I like that. And it was like a cool angle on like the Kryptonian power set, you know, Uh, coming from like a different personality and. Um, I thought the action scenes with her were great. Like, I was like, yeah, that's a Superman fight. Fucking right. Good. Um, although I will say on the second viewing, I almost think that them setting the climactic battle in a entirely empty desert was a fuck you to the people who complained about the fight scene in Man of Steel. <laughs> Because they were like, there can be no collateral damage here. It's all soldiers and space goons. That's it. No civilians. Yeah, it. but it was like, it was so distracting because it's just like, I've never seen a scene in a movie outside of like, you know, when someone goes to like, a, you know, you're doing like a dream sequence or something when someone's in like an all white or all black, like, you know, the up, like where yeah. Levin goes into the kind of upside down kind of place where she's whatever. And Stranger Things. It's like, I've never seen a more empty set. Like, it's just like, it just goes forever in the background with no, like, there's no mountains in the distance. Yep. There's no city in the di- It's just like endless, flat, And no that's rocks. almost why I think it's winking at you. And it's like, I, hey, this movie, this is more than it appears to be. <laughs> I just can't. I, I don't know, Greg. I just don't think I can, it's, I can believe oh, it's, it. Well, and it, it's incredibly boring to watch. Um, I mean, I will say that, like, this movie is, like, is is not good. No. No. However, I, like, it, it like, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it wasn't as bad as I thought. It's just, it's just bad in different ways than I thought. And also some of the ways I thought it would be. But, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I was just, it just wasn't what I was expecting, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I agree. It's, it's, it's not bad in the ways I thought it was going to be bad. Um, it's... I mean, I do think that I I think that the overall visual design of it is pretty good. I mean, I think that, you know, especially the opening action scene, um, mm. you know, like the, the colors are bright. It's, you know, the, the, all the action beats are very easy to read. You know, I, I really liked the, you know, the more um, I love the uh, blue and gray bat suit, the mm. day, yeah. the day version of the bat suit. Um I even felt like they made a more like anime action style Batman work. Yeah, uh, it, it worked, you know, very well. And, um, you know, the, some of the action scenes were, were genuinely very good. I, I will say that the the fight, uh, the Bat Dad fight in the Russian missile silo, possibly one of the best Batman fight scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Because good. this is the first time it was like holy shit, he's, like, using the Batarangs and the grapple gun, like, as a part of his Batman karate. Mm -hmm. You know, and it really felt like only Batman could fight this way, which I thought was awesome. And it's very rare that um, you you see that. Um, I think some of the Spider-Man fight scenes are are choreographed in such a way where you're like, only Spider-Man could fight that way. That's awesome. 
Yeah. As opposed to other ways, other times where it's like, if he's not throwing his shield like Captain America, he's just doing he's just doing karate, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess but, I agree. But I feel like with the exception of all of the flash scenes were bad. Like, I mean, all the visual were. direction of any time the flash is doing anything. It's just like, what? Why? Like the way he run, the way they do the running. I know that's like. I, that, I know it's a tough thing to figure out because it's just like either you do like the we're just going to slow down everything all the time, which kind of gets boring. Yep. And also it's it it reminds you how stupidly powerful super speed is Yep. in a way that like unless you're just doing that movie, like is very hard to keep up with. You know, like thinking about the Quicksilver scenes in the X-Men movies and things like that, whereas like alternatively, when you when you do it like like other Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, where it's like, nah, he just blurs and moves and whatever. Like, we're not going to focus too much because if we look at it with too much detail, this shit is, you, you can't beat this guy, right? He's he's a god, basically. And then they try yes. and give him a little bit of a, you know, mechanic to keep that in check, him eating, and then never reference it again, except for just having gross scenes of him eating random stuff at random points, but not actually having it impact any of the actions. Right. After the first, after the first 20 minutes of the movie, we forget all about his, uh, uh, calorie needs. And we also play real fast and loose with the idea of like, well, when he's moving super fast, he has to be really careful about how he interacts with the world. Right. Which is interesting on paper, but horrible to watch. Yeah. Um, you're, like, and, you're gonna build up too much energy. What you're gonna well, like? And that, and then yeah. we introduce that at the end of like, oh no, you're gonna build up too much charge, which is a thing apparently. <laughs> even though we had a whole section of this movie where Barry Prime teaches annoying Barry how to be the Flash, which was a clever move because we never really got like that part of a Flash movie where he learns how to use his powers, where yeah. and then we as the audience also learn about his powers. Right. Clever. But they were like, then at the end, there's all this thing about charge. And but now they can shoot lightning as well because they weren't overpowered enough, apparently. Right. It's like, I mean, that's a thing that the Flash does. But it's like it's like they like, you know, they did like they talked about, you know, like obviously the speed and then the doing the the lightning. He does a little tornado thing. They show a lot of the phasing, which are all like things in the Flash's arsenal. But it's sure. like you didn't have to put all of them in this movie. Because it right. starts to feel excessive and confusing for the audience. To be like, wait, what can't this guy do? Or have him or have the phasing be the big level up. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which is what it was like. That's what they did in the show is like when he learns to phase, it's, just, it's like a whole season arc around like that's how he beats the big bad. And that's how he does all this stuff and really kind of takes his power set to the next level, you know, and, and unlocks this whole other way of being the Flash. Right. Which is and, cool. And you could, you know, with the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but even with the phasing, you could, you could tie it to some kind of like character development because it's like in order to phase, he has to learn to like slow down his mind and focus and be still. You know what I mean? Right. And you can have that be kind of like this, you know, the same way you do with like a shonen anime when they figure out some new power that also coincides with whatever personal problem they need to solve this month. Right. Right. Like, but yeah, the running scenes always looked terrible mm -hmm. because I don't know if this is an Ezra Miller problem. I don't know if a different actor could make running look cool, <laughs> but Ezra Miller cannot make running look cool. Ezra Miller does not look like when he's running someone who knows how to run. 
Like, when you watch Tom Cruise run in a movie, you're like, that motherfucker knows how to run. <laughs> like, there's just something about it. He no- he looks good while he's doing it. He looks confident. He looks powerful. When Ezra Miller runs, he looks like... He looks like try. He looks like someone who's trying to look like he's running. I don't know how else to explain it, but like, and so much of the slow mo, which they also do with the running, which I think is a weird decision. But also, like, it doesn't actually look like slow mo. It looks like you know when someone pretends they're in slow mo yes. in real life, yeah, and they talk like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Were they pretending to be in slow-mo? That's what it looks like. Yeah. And it's fucking awful the whole time. And he's got these weird moves where his fingers are pointing in weird directions. I'm like, that's not how runners do things, man. Did you like <laughs> for like 20 minutes, did you just like watch like videos of marathon runners or anything? Yeah. As you were preparing for this role. Well, and they have this weird like pseudo glide slow motion, like yep. There's a bunch of other ways to portray, like, the super speed, I feel like. And, and like, I've seen it in other areas, and they just chose, like, the worst for it. Like you said, making the worst decision about how to show it. And right, because it's also, like, the world is in slow-mo, but he's also in a kind of a weird, uncanny valley. Like, his m- movements don't look realistic. Yeah. And I think it's it's so much of it is CG or and I don't know if like when the Quicksilver scenes, if they're just using better technology or they're being more careful how they're doing it or what. But like that doesn't have that same feeling, you know? Yeah. um, You know, and also like if you look at like and, and that's what's so frustrating about this is like we figured out bullet time 25 years ago in the Matrix. Yeah, it looked great. That was the first time we did it. And it looked great and it still looks great. And yet this movie, 20, 25 years later, somehow still can't make it work. What the fuck is going on here? (laughs) The other thing this movie has going against it is that it's just like the Ezra Miller flash is has to be one of the most unlikable characters I've ever encountered. And then you make us deal with an even more unlikable character, unlikable version of that character and then make them interact and like somehow it compounds it ex- exponentially because like i don't know just i didn't like their interactions with each other really and like I, it, everything about it was just like i hate these people and i right. hate every time they're on the screen which is the entire the, the entirety of the movie and also there's two of them yes and what does barry prime learn from bad barry nothing nothing right that like, he's annoying usually, and then doesn't do anything about it usually when you have something like this where you have like an odd couple type pairing they both learn from each other and become better people in the end nope um and also it's a little weird that like the berry that got to grow up with both of his parents turned into a shit bag yeah what's the what's the message there right and it's like oh well if you grow up without your parents you turn into some weird like autistic coded uh nervous purvis um and but if you grow up with your parents you turn into like some stoner loser who's an idiot it's just and it's not even like they worked as good opposites with each other right like because yellowberry is like flighty and dumb but it's not like 
Barry Prime is like super focused and smart, right? Like yeah. because we had all these scenes early on of him being like, which I kind of liked on, you know, in isolation of him, like trying to figure out how the time travel works and what he should and shouldn't do. And like how hard you have to hit somebody to make them forget things like, oh, that was fine. But it's not like, oh, you've got this very controlled, you know, like meticulous guy versus the sloppier, you know? Yeah. Um, none of that really worked where they could play off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's, I think it's hard because, like, again, not a DC Comics expert, so I could be putting my foot in my mouth here. But from the things I have consumed, it always seemed like Barry Allen or even Wally West, which always seemed distinct, indistinguishable for me. Uh, like, they just seem like the most generic, white bread, like, white dude hero. Like, maybe they have, like, a humorous edge to them at points, but it just felt like such a kind of like boring character to adapt from a sort of like personality perspective. So I feel like they tried to overcorrect and make them quote unquote interesting in some way and just chose again, the worst way to fucking do it. Cause they had the opportunity here to like somewhat scale back. Cause no one liked this character. Like it's not like there's a bunch of people out there who are like, this is the greatest, even the Snyder has like, this is the greatest version of the flash I've ever seen. It's like, no one's fucking saying that. So they had like a moment, you know, after the collapse of the Snyderverse, be like, well, just like they kind of did with Batman, where it's like, let's make him a little less murdery, and maybe he'll be a little better. It's like, turns out he was. You know, it's like they could have easily taken a couple of steps back, but then you just end up with just like another boring character, and I, I don't know. So right, they needed to they needed to flesh him out because now I I didn't like his character in the other movies, but like he was more of a side character. So, yeah. like, if all he is is quips and... Sure. You know, then it's like, all right, fine. Yeah, but and he like acted as a foil to a bunch of quite serious, yes. over-serious characters, potentially, um, in the way that, you know, Marvel doesn't deal with because everyone kind of gets quips, which right. can, which is its own problem and its own, you know, kind of the Gilmore Girls problem of it all or the, the Buffy problem of it all. But, um, but, yeah, like, you have the opposite problem where where everyone's over serious except for one guy who then stands out like a store thumb or you try and translate him into this and then he doesn't have anyone he's quipping off of. And it's just, he's just quipping off of himself in this thing, literally. And they're not funny and none of it's funny. And ugh. right. And, and now I have, I have Barry prime who is just like a total like wet blanket, you know, Debbie downer for the whole fucking movie. And then I've got, um, you know, Bad Barry, who is just annoying, like just a different kind of annoying. And, you know, it's not even like he had. And then when his, his turn later on doesn't make any fucking sense because he's been this like laid back um, jerk the whole movie. Not even a jerk, just but just like an airhead. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, no, we can fix it. It's like what now all of a sudden you give a shit about things and it seems like the movie's trying to set up it's like oh because he wants to save Kara which is like that's dumb they met like an hour ago yeah and that this guy would dedicate literally like his entire like natural life to run around the time stream to try and save her now it makes more sense if it's like I'm trying to save my world right Mm -hmm. where my everyone I love lives and in order to do that I need to stop Zod and I think I finally figured it out but that's not really what he's doing he's talking more about saving her which doesn't make any it's it's just 
one more reason to be like, what the fuck is this movie even about? Yeah. And also it would have been, it would have been, it could have been interesting to reverse the roles where like yeah. the Barry prime gets is like, he's like, he's obsessive. Cause he's like, no, like I need to make this work because then I get to, you know, then my mom gets to live and my dad's not in jail and he can't break out of it. And then the new Barry who grew up with his mom and dad yep. the entire time then has to consciously make the choice to to sacrifice that, you know, maybe even make it so that it's like, a, um, Trump, I can't think of a good analogy right now. Uh, maybe almost the end of Spider-Man where it's like, and also you're going to remember that and kind of be haunted by it forever, but you still got to make the choice anyway for this, the, you know, the, the stability of the multiverse or whatever. This movie would have been better if it was Barry Prime that turned bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have made more sense. Yeah, he should have turned bad. And then the berry that comes out of it is, yeah, the berry that grows up with his mom and dad. And um, and, you know, he's not burdened by all this trauma. Um, But you'd also have to make Barry, you know, Barry too like a more interesting guy who has a character arc. Yeah. And learns to care about things or something. Right. The play would be that, like, you know, he maybe starts off not in the place he was, but in a different place. And like you said, through the movie has an arc of some kind that also makes him less annoying. And then, and then you can end a movie with a flash that is both unburdened by this to a certain degree, but also sort of has this like dark halo of like, you know, remembering it and not having it versus right. I, I came from a, <laughs> I came from a ruined universe. And also I had to kill an alternate version of myself. Right. And, but then is also a better version of that character. <laughs> right. But somebody who's like more well-adjusted right. and more relatable. Cause that's another problem with this version of Barry Allen. Just, he's just not relatable. No, you know, he, he's got a, um, and, and, you know, DC characters have never been great at being relatable. No. Uh, you know, um, it's always been more power fantasy and wish fulfillment in DC, you mm-hmm. know, like nobody relates to Bruce Wayne in mm-hmm. the way they might relate to Peter Parker, you know? Yeah. Um, but of all of the characters that are in this justice league constellation, you kind of, flash kind of would be your most relatable everyman type character, you know, cause he's just a normal guy who got powers as opposed to the literal goddess, the prince of Atlantis, the, you know, the the rich goth kid, you know, mm-hmm. like he should be relatable. But for some reason, they made the choice back in whenever to make him this like quippy, um, you know, spectrum coded character. Um and and when I say spectrum coded, I don't mean in a way that's respectful to people. <laughs> no, um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, a, a um, you know, it, it's spectrum coded, but not in an inclusive kind of way. Um, no, it's not like here's this you know autistically coded character that is you know high functioning or you know we're including them and they have their own you know pros and cons, whatever. It's just like, oh yeah, aren't artistic people weird? And it's like, oh, right. gross. Ha ha ha, they don't, they say whatever stupid thing they're thinking. Ha ha ha, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. Um, but the choice to make him that way, and then also um, to stick with that, as opposed to, like you said, like, 
you could have t- toned this guy down, mm-hmm. you know, and made him more relatable and identifiable. And but he's written like it's very clear he's out of college, right? They mentioned several times he is out of college, and you know, presumably fairly young out of college. But um, but he acts like he's seventeen. Yeah. You know, because he's like real nervous around girls all the time and awkward in social social situations. You know, it's just like, but then Ezra Miller looks like they're 30. Right. You know, it's but it's it's so hard to understand, like, who these characters are just from like an age and lifestyle perspective. And. um. And then, you know, and, and you could have done something where it's like, you know, you have Barry Prime is like, you know, does it's more like, you know, he's a couple years older than Bad Barry. And, you know, you know, he, it might make sense for him to be more of a pain in the ass because he's like, I've had to raise myself. You know, I didn't get to be a kid. Yeah. Um, but we don't get that, you know. No. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to have a normal childhood. So, yeah, of course, I'm really, you know, I'm really uh, fastidious about, like, paying my bills and stuff. Mm. But for that to work, you couldn't also have Barry be, like, the lovable fuck-up that you show him as in other scenes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just... Ugh. No. No. Uh, it's... It's just... It's just bad. And... And... It's not surprising that it's bad. It's maybe bad in surprising ways. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I won't miss this character. Absolutely at all. not. Um, I'm also like, I- a little disappointed just from like if I'm gonna put on my the the closest I have to a fanboy hat. Like there is a scene in the Flash TV show where TV show Flash like is doing some timey wimey multiversal stuff. And it was right around the time that Justice League was coming out. And he has a scene where, like, you know, he meets Ezra Miller's Flash. Like, Hmm. kind of very briefly, they see each other kind of through the Time Force or whatever. Speed Force, Time Force, what the fuck? It doesn't matter. Um, And I'm like, you know, I was like, okay, don't... At the time, I really enjoyed the DC verse. I'm like, please don't bring that in this. That gross. Keep it out. Uh, But I'm just like, why wouldn't they, like... Why couldn't that be one of the worlds? Right. You already fucking established that they happened. Like, that would have been a nice nod to, like, one of the most popular DC things in the past 50 years, uh, and also most successful, probably. Instead, you're going to have, like, deep-cut Nicolas Cage Superman and also, like, deep-cut, like, super, super old, like, people that are dead and using their images in, like, weird like questionable, maybe somewhat yeah. problematic. Like you, it's like what? Why? Like I don't. It was just like or and 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 like you could have had this opportunity. Like as okay, so you're in the climactic battle, and one of the flashes starts freaking out and starts going back in time too much and fucking everything up. Um, wouldn't it have been awesome if right around that time, all kinds of other flashes just start like warping into the world? Like, hey, fucking stop! Yeah, right. 
And you could have all these different, you know, alternate versions of Flash. Some of them could be Ezra Miller. Some of them could be other people. All kinds of cameos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a real tribute just, to the character. Yeah. To, to our, but you see all these other Flashes coming in and, like, disrupting things. And, like, that could be really cool. Um as opposed to the ending we got, which was three versions of Ezra Miller trying to talk to each other about fate. Um, yep. You know, like, but other flashes show up to save the day. That could have been really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a really exciting visualization because they they kind of started to do it in that final battle scene where all of a sudden they start going back. But like. I really would have liked to have seen that battle scene with like 50 versions of them all running around Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to solve the problems like that would have been a much cooler visualization of like why this can't work rather than doing it all in like the psychedelic time ball, you know? Yeah. Instead, like show the chaos of all of them traveling back in time to different points, getting in each other's way, fucking everything up, you know, Um, because we did that because there was at least in one of them. Where they went back and they like they saw their past selves, but kind of avoided them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that also is like, but is that how the time travel rules work? Or are they just hopping around to different like intersections of spaghetti? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, because your time your time travel movie can totally have stakes if you don't establish rules of how it works. Mm. So it's fine. It, it has stakes because I says it has stakes. Oh, we can't bring Batman back. How do we know? Because we said so. <laughs> Because this always has to happen for some reason. Right. Why? Don't worry about it. Like, what? Can you, like, please explain why? And that's another huge problem with this movie is that apparently certain events have to happen. Okay. Um, Yeah, like, that's an interesting concept if you can, like... That that would that concept would probably make sense if you had spent a little more time... And if this was part of maybe a, a bigger mythos, which really this movie isn't, even though it spends half of it referencing other things, it's not really part of a greater whole. Like, if you're like, you know, if you're the DC universe and you say, you know, we have a multiverse, however, it's not an infinite multiverse, and there's certain things that always happen. You know, Batman's parents are always killed. Superman always arrives on Earth. I don't know, something, you know, something that, like, grounds your universe and that you're always going to have a version of that character or a jumping off point. Like, I think there's something to that, but you didn't have the time in this movie to like make that anything, but just like a convenient plot. Right. Like you have to explain, you have to, you have to either explain why these things are doomed to happen or have some mechanism for enforcing them. Or you could have it be something like this. Here you go. Uh, Because of multiverse rules, you can only travel to a multiverse that's close enough to that that that's close enough to your own, right? Right. Like you can only go to one that also has a flash in it. Right. Um, but guess what? In order to become the flash, Barry's mom has to die. Because otherwise, he's not in that crime lab right. trying to trying to trying to, you know, save his dad. Right. So sorry, you you just it just doesn't, you know. I don't know. You could come up with some explanation that works like that. Yeah. And say like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of universes where your mom doesn't die, but you can't get to them from here. Yeah. Because there's, you know, no, I don't know. I'm making all this up. But, you know, there, no, no, there, yeah. you could do things like this. 
um, but they don't bother to do it because they wanted a world. They wanted a version of time travel where they could introduce different Batmans. Yeah, and they wanted a version of time travel where they could introduce Supergirl. Um, and it had to be time travel. They couldn't just do multiverse stuff where it's like, hey, I figured out. Uh, you know how I time traveled back in that old movie for a couple seconds? Well, it turns out if I uh, if I do that just a little bit differently, I can pop into neighboring timelines. I'm still coming to their version of now, but it's a different timeline where things might be a little different. Yeah. Um, but that's not what we're doing. It's still time travel, but it's still the multiverse. And because they had to do it both, none of it makes any sense. And thus, the movie has no stakes. And I'm not, again, this isn't me like being like, I need my movie to have consistent rules. But it's like, especially with time travel, when, you know, time travel can very easily just pull the stakes out of any movie because it's like, well, any character's decisions don't matter because you can just fucking save scum like in a video game. Right. And and, that dice roll didn't go, but reload. Yep. And in a similar way, multiverse can also pull that out because it's like, if it's an infinite multiverse, then like why do I care about this version of this character over that version of the character? Or why do I care about this whole, it also then can make whole worlds, whole universes seem like trivial. Cause there's, right. you know, we got infinite of them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very hard to, you know, I, w- I would say it's hard to make these things work, but people do it all the fucking time. Well, I you mean, know, like people, we have so many good examples of time travel, multiverse movies that, yeah, if you fucking start scratching at it, it's not going to make sense or there's going to be plot holes. But like, it doesn't fucking matter because it's a good movie. Well, but, you know, like, again, let's take the Let's take the the, the pinnacle of the genre back to the future. Um, does the fact that, like, you slowly fade away if you change the past rather than just like instantly blinking out of existence? Does that make sense? No, but <laughs> it works. But 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 it's like, well, OK, the reason the movie has stakes is because we understand what happens What's going to happen to Marty if he can't fix his mistake? And but we also know that he can't just keep going back in time infinitely because one, he's kind of stuck in the past because the time machine's broken. And two, like the time machine. And this is the conceit in all of them. Like the time machine requires such a like such a Rube Goldberg contraption to just work once. Right. That you can't do it all the time. Right. Um, And, and, you know, Deadpool, uh, Deadpool 2 had a similar thing of like. I've got my time travel device, but it only works under very specific circumstances and only works in, you know, and it has limited uses. Right. Great. Fine. You're done. Um, And that's all you need to do. This does not attempt to show that at all. Other than like, if you keep going back in time too many times, like the weird psychedelic world gets kind of fucked up, but nobody knows what the real world implications of that are. Right. And also you've you've shown you've you showed before this movie you can time travel and it's fine. And you also showed at the end of this movie that you can time travel and change things and it's fine. Right. So, but only if you change the right things. Right, right. Yeah. Um how do you know what the right things are? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Ugh, yeesh. Uh, it's interesting. Sanderson talks a lot about how, you know, despite enjoying a lot of stuff, he, he doesn't ever really wanna do time travel or multiverse stuff because it's like it takes the stakes out and makes it hard to build back up. But he did one of the, the secret projects this year was called The Frugal Guide to Being a Medieval Wizard. That's obviously like a non Cosmere, just like random book idea he had. And I really liked it, but 
the kind of premise in that that I thought was interesting is that like they could have maybe even trying you something like that here where maybe not so much that something has to happen, but just that like there's kind of like in this book he wrote, there's it's like, you know, in the near future and somehow, you know, people have figured out how to go to different, you know, parallel universes. And it's actually turned into like a tourism kind of industry where you're like, you know, almost like NFTs, like, you know, you have at, like different companies have access to a certain spectrum of universes and you can buy access to one of them basically as your own personal little pocket dimension. And it's kind of done in this like historical way. It's like, oh, do you want to go back into the past and experience in ancient Rome? You know, like, but maybe a little bit different. Maybe, you know, Constantinople didn't. Constantinople didn't fall in 1453 or maybe this like we've mapped it all out so you can choose you build your own adventure however you want um kind of fun but the the basic premise is kind of like there's a like they have these like pseudo in world like advertisements and like FAQs and it's like why isn't there a world of like talking banana people if you know like if the the universe if the multiverse is infinite and whatever and it's like well, there's our there's our timeline, which is like seems to be the prime timeline from which all of these things diverge. And there's sort of a statistical likelihood curve that like most of them are going to fall in this rough outline of history, plus or minus a few things. Right. And again, they could have done something like that where it's like, you know, maybe making the idea that like, no, the multiverse isn't infinite. And I feel like the comics have kind of done that where you have these like named or numbered. I guess the new 52. Did that. There's only 52 for some reason, other worlds. I don't remember the reason why, but like something like that could have worked too. But well, you know, and one, I mean, one way to do it, I, I, I think about it, it a lot in terms of like proximity, right? Like the timeline in which I uh, had spaghetti for dinner instead of chili is very close to our own, right? Mm-hmm. In some, uh, you know, in some, in some dimension, that timeline is much closer to the one we're in right now. Um, the timeline where I had giraffe for dinner is much further away, right? And your ability to travel from one to the other might be limited by like how far away from your current reality it is, like literally and figuratively speaking, right? Like the timeline where dinosaurs still rule the earth is many, 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 many probabilities away right. from, uh, you know, and it it becomes harder and harder to find your way to those realities and then find your way back again, as opposed to, you know, one that's only a few degrees removed. Right. Um, and, you know, that would be a very easy way of doing it. Like, well, look, man, we can, you know, can I can can I go to a, a different reality where, you know, I remembered my umbrella today? Yeah, that's easy. Can I go to a different reality where 20 years ago, it, you know, my mom doesn't get murdered? No, that's a that's, you know. You can't get there from here. Um, And, you know, you could even do that in like an interesting visual kind of way that kind of um, works with this metaphor of running. Right. Like at some point, like what if, you know, what if he's trying to run to that reality, but it's just always too far and he just collapses from exhaustion every time, you know? Right. Like that speaks to a larger metaphor and shows that, you know, hey, man, maybe it's not about how fast you are. Right. Maybe you can never run fast enough to get here. Maybe it's about something else, you know, um, like that would have, I feel like could have been much more interesting. And, you know, like every time he hops reality, it gets a little bit weirder, mm. you know, because they even played with that a little bit of like, well, in this reality, movies are a little bit different. 
Right. But also in that scene, we've got to have so many references to other movies that are totally different. You know, it can't just be this fucking one, you know? Right. The one version where Back to the Future stars a different guy. It's also, well, also the Gremlins shirt. It's about noon, not midnight. And also the, um, uh, you know, also Flashdance and Top Gun have different people in them. You know, it's like, guys couldn't just leave well enough alone. But, you know, that idea of like every time it gets a little bit stranger, a little bit stranger. And, uh oh, now he's in one where like, you know, um, you know, where things are totally upside down and he's really got to go a different direction. Like that could have been a lot more interesting, kind of a lot more hijinks that way. Um, you know, him him either being chased or chasing somebody else across these different realities. Yeah, that could have been a cool movie. Works with running, works with like the idea of like being fast, trying to outrun somebody or catch up to somebody else. Yeah. Or or you play with the universe you've already set up where like, you know, what they do in the comics and in the animated show is that, you know, they take they take this almost like a House of M kind of thing where like you 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 and they did it this big crossover event. Right. As they do in comics. But like everything is different. Right. Like every every hero's storyline is impacted in some way um and for example in for batman the flashpoint version of batman is not bruce wayne it's thomas wayne and on that fateful day for whatever reason uh you know joe uh what's his name joe chill joe chill thank you i was like joe crime no that's not right <laughs> and i started to say, <laughs> it was on crime alley crime alley yeah. uh i was like joe dirt no that's really not right um he killed bruce wayne and Thomas Wayne becomes basically Punisher Batman. Yes. And his mom becomes the Joker. And in that story, Superman was still, it, it actually is similar to what they do with Superman with being in a Russian prison and being deprived of the sun and stuff. And then also something happens with Wonder Woman and Aquaman where their two nations have been at war for like 10 years, including where one of the things that happened is that Aquaman used a massive tsunami to crush all of Europe or something like that. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, and, you know, it puts all these different things around it. Whereas, like, they could have played with the Snyderverse in more fun ways as opposed to referencing something completely different and unconnected in a way that, like, I mean, I thought Michael Keaton did fine. Like, I don't have, like, a ton of attachment to that character as much. Like, it just seemed, like, a little unnecessary. And I don't think it added a layer to the movie that, like... I don't know. It was just like... I, I agree. I was... I'm sad that this was my chance to see that Batman again, because I don't know that they... It didn't feel like the original Batman, mm -hmm. the, the Michael Keaton Batman. I don't... And I don't know necessarily what I would do differently. And maybe it's because that, you know, taken out of the context of those movies, that that Bruce Wayne is just kind of a flat, normal guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. And um, maybe those movies work because he was a little bit more of a just like a call, uh, like a um, kind of down the middle naturalistic performance in this crazy world that Tim Burton built. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but also they really did him dirty because it's like, why the fuck would this Batman have opinions on time travel? Right. <laughs> you know, this this doesn't seem like the kind of Batman who has a perspective on time travel or who wants to, like, set the rules about time travel. Um, that doesn't really that has uh, that is not at all what was going on in the Michael Keaton Batman movies. And um, also the fact that this the world 
didn't feel like the world of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Obviously, Wayne Manor looked about right, even though it was weird to see it in daylight. Um, it looked about right. Uh, you know, I think his costume choices were, you know, yeah, because this they, they made sense because this version of Batman was a little bit more of like the dashing playboy kind of look, which is fine. Um, but, you know, the, the the Gotham City of the Burton movies was a much more heightened reality mm-hmm. um, and everything was weirder. So it, that didn't quite work. And also, I was a little disappointed that. OK, so this is this. This Batman is basically retired from the Batman we last saw in uh, Batman Returns. Or was it Batman Forever? Batman Returns. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and he certainly the the bat plane has evolved. But the fact that they didn't bother to, like, update the suit at all was a little a little disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't give him a, a, a new cowl that lets him turn his head. <laughs> you know, you couldn't update this thing at all to make it at all, you know, like a little bit more modern, like that he's been doing other things. Um, that was a little disappointing to me. And, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen a movie where he he builds a Justice League of like hodgepodging together various characters from different realities. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like he's got this version of he's got the Keaton Batman and he's got the new Supergirl. But like also give me some other you know, some other characters that we could pull in, whether or not they're cameos or not. I don't it doesn't really matter, you know, but give me a whole team instead of two flashes and then two characters who just get unceremoniously killed several times. Right. You know, um, that could have been cool. You know, he's jumping different realities and being like, hey, look, I know this is crazy. I know I'm not your version of the Flash, but I need you to come with me uh, to my other reality. Um version of Robin who is very clearly the one from the animated Teen Titans show, but just IRL, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like so many things interesting things they could have done if they had just not tried to tie this whole thing into like Zod and, you know, mm-hmm. um all the other nonsense that they tacked onto this. And and, you know, trying to make it this big and again, we're coming back to every wrong decision. Oh, okay, so you want this to be the movie that establishes your multiverse and resets you know, various elements of your reality. Okay, great. Uh, so what did you do to reset the reality? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I still Nothing. just can't doesn't believe matter. it. We don't even know which reality we're in right now. It's like, well, if you weren't going to bother with any of that, like, why couldn't I have a crazy hodgepodge Justice League? You could have had fucking Bizarro in this movie. Yeah. But nope, didn't do that. Could have had any, could have had your pick Green Lanterns. Nope. Why? Oh. Nope. Not going to do that. Could have put a Martian Manhunter in here if you wanted. Why not? Nope, yeah, all not these underused characters that you could then also ride into, like if it's a character you're planning to use in the new universe, just be like, well, it's not the same guy, but even if you're, you're not going to use this movie as your, you know, yeah. as, as your whatever. It's like, well, remember we you saw him once in this movie. It's a different version of that, but whatever. But if it's a crazy multiverse hopping, who gives a shit? None of this means anything. Kind of movie. Yeah, Brink, go nuts, man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nope. Yeah. Nope. We got the worst of all. <laughs> we got the worst of all possible Flash movies. <laughs> man, you could have done like, because so many cool Elseworld characters you could have brought into this, you know, or characters from other DC properties you could have brought in. Like you could have had a dumb little scene, a little throwaway scene while they're hopping realities trying to get, uh, you know, trying to build a new team. Where uh, Peacemaker 
tells Barry to go fuck himself. Yeah. Could have done that. Could have just been a quick little sh- quick little one shot. Oh, guess we're not. Nope. We're not going to get any help in this world. You know, like so many cool things they could have done. But instead, I got to watch the same fight three times at the end uh, and, and, and to be consistently beat over the head with this movie's core message, which is don't bother doing, trying or caring about anything. Because if you try to do anything, you're just going to fuck everything up even more. So don't try to save your dad. Don't try to save your mom. You're just going to fuck it up. What a great message. Because you know what? Supergirl's going to die. Bat dad's going to die. Why? Doesn't matter. Nothing you can do about it. Sometimes shit is just fucked and the only thing you can do is literally run away. Yeah. What a great, great message. (laughs) And also, finding... And even, look, and you can make a movie about failure. You can make a movie about accepting failure. That's 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 an important thing. Um, uh, But... The point is, is that the character has to grow. By accepting that failure, we see that they are now ready to move on with their life. But that's not what we get here. No, we don't get Barry accepting that maybe he can't save the world. Except when Bad Barry kind of accepts it and like lets himself get killed by himself to kill himself twice. Um... But also, is that how that's supposed to work? Like, if you kill your past self, your current self fades away? Like, is that how these time travel rules work? I guess. Um, uh, But then, if that's how that's supposed to work, wouldn't when... uh, When Bad Barry got flash powers, wouldn't current Barry Barry Prime get them as well? Because his past self got the flash powers? Nope. Nope. Okay. No, it only that that logic only works when it's convenient. Okay. Um, you know, but like, he doesn't he doesn't take that away and say, "All right, I've learned to move on. I've learned to accept that." You know, sometimes you just sometimes you got to cut your losses and walk away. He doesn't because he doesn't cut his losses and walk away. He figures out how to save his dad. So what the fuck? It's not a movie about failure. It's, but it's also not a movie about trying to do things. It's a movie about setting your sights very low and doing the bare minimum thing to fix, uh, to fix the problems in the world. But don't rock the boat too much, because then Batman might turn into George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you've touched on something that I was just sort of thinking about, that, like, being that, well, I guess technically... This Aquaman movie that no one's going to see is uh, technically the end of the Snyderverse slash whatever DC has done the past 15 years. But it just seems like they never really quite, in most of the movies, they never really nailed the heroism part. And, you know, not that you can't do dark or failure or challenging or gray or any of those things. But I think that's something that at least Marvel, for the majority of its run... And the MCU has always kind of at, the, at its core, you know, always stuck to that, like somewhat naive, somewhat 
simplistic, you know, notion of just like being a hero. And I'm not sure that DC did that very well, which is ironic because DC arguably is the more simplistic, naive version of that, you know, across the board more generally. But I don't know. Well, I, I mean, it, maybe it comes down to the source material and, you know, um, uh, where, um, you know, Marvel characters were always meant to be more like, I mean, not all Marvel characters, but, you know, Stan Lee liked to make a big fuss about how his characters were more like real people with real problems and like who struggle with, you know, be, being a hero and making good choices, you know, um, and that was never really DC's deal. And, but they try to tell these movies, they try to make these movies in that realm of all oh, these characters have to make hard choices. And, you know, I think that, um, the Batman films, the last, the, the Nolan and the, um, the better one. Uh, <laughs> I like the Nolan movies, but I, I, I do think I like the most recent Batman the best. Um, yeah. Uh, is like, yeah, he, he learns how to be a hero. He learns like that movie is about him learning that like, oh, no, being a hero is about helping people, helping good people, not hurting bad people. You know, mm -hmm. like, cause, cause at the end is he has to make a choice between just like kicking more ass or just like actually helping people out of a flooded fucking stadium. This shouldn't be hard, Bruce. Um, you know, but like, that's what he learns. It's like, oh yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's about fixing things. It's about helping people. It's not about just like, um, getting rid of the bad people. Cause there's going to be more bad people. And you know, um, it's, it, that's, that's a story about, heroism this is not mm -hmm. um but even that you know i think somebody I, I saw a reddit post or something about how like especially if you watch like animated series batman like that's a vision of batman who um you know he still tends to always know what the right thing to do is you know he's not often struggling with moral choice um which is more like you know, the Marvel thing of like, oh, God, I can save the bus full of kids or I can save Gwen Stacy, you know. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, having to make a choice there. Um, and, and the moral lesson is contained there. Uh, you know, DC characters always tend to know what the right thing to do is. Um, but like they talk about this, this post pointed out that like animated series Batman, like a lot of times he's sympathetic to the villains. Mm -hmm. and you know he's like he's like you, you're you're crazy you're broken um i need to stop you from like uh you know i need to stop you from whatever crazy plan you have but at the end of the day like i understand you're a broken person who is just trying to like make the world right in your own weird twisted vision and the, the thing they brought up was like a from one of the comics based on the animated series just like some little one-off of like how um you know uh batman's going after mr freeze mr freeze's escape from arkham and he's like bringing a blizzard onto gotham and like the ending is basically you know um batman finds mr freeze at mr freeze's wife's grave and he's like yeah i wanted to make it snow for her on christmas because she loved that and it's christmas so I made it snow. 
and Batman's just like, yeah, bud, we, we got to go back to Arkham though. <laughs> like, and it's like that's you know, it's like that's a that's a show of heroism because it's a show that like sometimes being the hero means understanding people. Yeah. And, you know, um, so still you see, you know, it's not a question of, oh, Batman has to struggle with the right thing to do. Batman knows the right thing to do, but we see what the right thing is to do by Batman's example, as opposed to seeing him struggle with it. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a different take, but uh, like that seems to be how you make these more, you know, highfalutin DC heroes work short of just kind of rewriting them into, you know, maybe younger versions of themselves who have more doubt, have more uncertainty, which I think is the direction they're going, which is fine. But, um, yeah, this movie doesn't try to do that. <laughs> Not in the least. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything else to say about <laughs> The Flash either. I'd like to stop thinking about this this incredibly bizarre movie, which, again, if the point of this was to show how endlessly self-referential um you know comic books that just keep going back over themselves that keep revisiting the same material over and over and over again ultimately to have nothing to say um if this movie meant to show that it did a great job because <laughs> that's what this is it's just ultimately hollow it's got ah you want we've got two flashes in this movie and they're both wacky in different ways you like references we got references on top of references on top of references we got a whole world of references that they go to where they crash into different worlds that are only references some of which to movies that never even happened references to television shows about Batman that only three people in this audience have any memory of. <laughs> um, the whole thing, the whole, the whole point of this movie is so that people can point in the screen and be like, I recognize that. And we're supposed to feel something about it. Just as an example, one more example of the insanity of this is there's a scene where Bat Dad, right before they decide to get Barry's powers back in the most stupid i just why fucking this this was the best idea we had we could have had any 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 way to give him his powers back and we're doing this bullshit it's frankenstein nonsense that is actually um, what they do in the comic too ironically enough one of the few things they stuck close to is batman helps him get his powers back via recreating the exact same experiment that happened or accident that happened before via which is <laughs> which would have been fine if this if this was written in like 1962 sure but um but the fact that he, he, he says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Which is, you know, supposed to be this moment for everyone in the audience to be like, yeah, he said the thing from the movie. And it's like, but it's also framed in a way of like, he's saying that to these characters in the scene who are supposed to be like, oh, way to go. You said it. That's your famous catchphrase from that private conversation you had with the Joker inside your girlfriend's apartment. <laughs> that nobody else saw, nobody else was there for except the Joker and the audience. Yeah. This is not your fate. Like, this is this outside of the reference, this scene is meaningless. Yeah. It's. It's it, done you know, for it, references it's like, point only. It's like if, 
uh, you know, like in the the Spider-Man movie with the, with the many Spider-Mens, like if one of them said to the other ones, like, yeah, well, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like that's a meaningful scene because presumably all of their uncles Ben said that to them, right? right? Because they all had that very similar thing. That's meaningful. This line has no meaning to anybody else, right? Like it's almost like. He says that, and then there would be crickets in the room, and then the three kids look at him and be like, is that a thing? What do we... Were we supposed to know what that meant? Like, you seem like... It seems like you wanted that line to land. Like, were you expecting to laugh? Did we miss something? It's just... But again, it's reference on top of reference on top of reference. None of it has any actual meaning. Why should this Batman be the one to explain how time travel works? Well, because he's the guy who picked up the fucking phone, you know? Yeah. As opposed to bringing in another character, either from existing DC movies, um, or you know, or just a new character who might have who might have something to say about time travel. Maybe an old Flash. You know. Yeah. Find an old Flash who can explain this to you. Um, I mean, fine. You want to meet Batman? Great. And maybe you can talk about, like, oh, boy, I wish we had a Justice League. And he could be like, well, we had one of those. You know, our, you know, we never had a Superman, but we did have a, we did have a fast guy. You want to go meet him? Ooh, you know? Yeah, and it's Jay Garrick, or it's, it's the 90s Flash guy that they have on the Flash. Like, whatever. Like, if you want to make a reference, but, like, make it more meaningful than what it right. is. And I even <laughs> thought when they were having the fight, you know, in the, uh, in the kitchen, because they were being cagey about who this guy was in Wayne Manor. Right. But they had the long hair, and I was like, oh, they're doing a switcheroo. This is going to be somebody else, because this feels like the point in the movie where they need to like explain the time travel rules. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, they were going to put a Dr. Fate in one of these movies, wasn't they? Like, Pierce Brosnan. I know he was going to be Dr. Fate in one of these. He was I in that's Black Dr. Adam. Fate. <laughs> and he's going to explain things. And then when they did the reveal, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is Michael Keaton. Why, you know? Yeah. But even that reveal didn't quite work because I didn't quite read him as Michael Keaton with all the hair and beard. Yeah, that was a weird... It was, like, kind of an okay scene, but it didn't work. Like, I don't know. Like, in some ways I liked it because they didn't play it up too much of this, like, big triumphant referential reveal. Yeah. But at the same time, then it almost also kind of fell flat. I don't know what I wanted, but it didn't seem like it was that. Again, a baffling choice. Right. And I understand, like, they wanted to kind of conceal the identity, but also, why bother? Like, we all... He's in the fucking trailers, man. We know he's in this movie. Yeah. This is not a surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like... Yeah. Then the, And, like, you know, I, I love your theory, Greg, but it, there's no way... It's no way it's true. No, it absolutely <laughs> is not. This is just a bad... This is just a bad movie where they made every bad decision. Uh, they went in the absolute wrong direction at every turn. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I'm like, this can't be on purpose. This can't be the movie they wanted me to see. There has to be something more here. And also there's no way you would make it this bad on purpose. Yeah. And also, like, if if it was on purpose, if they did do this on purpose, if this was their goal, it's not the place to do it. You don't take the first Flash movie ever and make it, you know, a beatdown of comic book movies because. I mean, it's already almost become like people are like, oh, superhero fatigue. There's almost fatigue when it comes to like, you know, takedowns of superhero movies or or, you know, uh, like I, I'm watching. Uh, I just started that Generation V show, mm-hmm. um, which actually I am I am enjoying. 
Um, but it's like, do we need another dark, gritty take of superheroes? Like, not really. Well, and, and right, I almost feel like, I'm like, well, what... I get it. I understand what The Boys has to say. Right. I like what it's doing. Just give me the next season of The Boys, please. Right. Um, I don't need a different cast of characters to be like, oh, boy, superheroes and capitalism, huh? Boy, that shit sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Can, yeah. can I have... Could could you maybe have uh, Butcher deliver these lines instead? That would be nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I... Well, and also, like, you know, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad were the Deadpool... Right of of this yeah this universe i don't you know like obviously <laughs> that's not what this is i'm just saying there is no 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 of the flash I, I know i know i, I think it's great accidentally a genius <laughs> commentary on the state of uh on the state of superhero movies and you know just blockbusters in general because it's all just hey recognize this mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah, man, I think there's a very real, very real possibility that that sort of goes down in kind of like, you know, if you're looking back on cinematic history in, you know, for like the 20 teens and 20s as like, oh, this was like a high slash low watermark for just like studio excess and like uh, just like faulty movie making. Right. Like, like if you want to see an encapsulation of everything that was wrong with this era of. Right. You know, and like also the backstory of like this insanity of the studios of releasing this movie starring this fucking criminal, (laughs) you know, like of like continuing to make this. And then when you hear about like, oh, and also they were sabotaging other movies that were potentially good that people were excited about. (laughs) Like they just decided you don't get to see the Batgirl movie. Yeah. Which also I, mean, I don't think Michael that was going to be good, but no, I don't you know, think so like, either. But um, you know, at the, uh, uh, and like they still made this, they released this, they finished this movie. They could have walked away from this one, but they did not. Yeah, and like all of this was supposed to build up for some big crossover that never happened, and it all got scrapped. But they made the movie anyway, and you know. Yeah, I mean that's why I thought they doubled down on this movie because when they you know when they canceled like whatever they did to Batgirl. Um, wrote it off for taxes. I don't know how the fuck that works, but um, like when they did that, and then like they messaged James Gunn, I'm like, hey, they're they're doubling down on this movie because this is where they built in the transition into the next yes. phase. Like, so they can't not do it because they want to do it from a story perspective. And it's just like, nope. And it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, man, I I don't think that background movie would have been good either. But like the fact that it was so close to being done, and it had to have been closer to being done than this was. And I, I don't know how the tax graph works, but you probably could have written this one off for more because it probably had a higher potential earning or whatever the the weird rich person scheme is to get yeah, out of I that. Don't, yeah, I don't like, know how these things work. But, but. I, I don't know, man. I mean, apparently I, I read this. This is just like, you know, Hollywood rumor stuff. But apparently uh, people are walking out of the test showings for the new the second Aquaman movie coming out in a couple weeks or whatever. It's just like, ooh. Um but apparently people like that Blue Beetle movie, so I don't know. I, I I heard different things. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard mixed things, too. It didn't look like a movie for me, so I wasn't interested. No. But uh, apparently he will exist in the new Gun universe, though. Who? Um, that version of Blue Beetle will apparently be pulled along. Okay. Because um, Gun said on Twitter or whatever it's fucking called now that, like, people ask, like, is there anyone from this old, the old stuff that's going to be carried over into, like, any actors playing their roles? And he said... The Blue Beetle, uh, Viola Davis playing uh, Amanda Waller, and 
I guess, Peacekeeper. Right. Anybody from that. Yeah. Anyone from that kind of universe. Presume, I mean, like, I'm sure if Margot Robbie wants to be in another movie, they're not going to say no. Probably not. But I don't know. Gun might, gun might say no. But yeah. I doubt it. I, I, I don't, I, I think, you know, I think if she shows up saying like, I want to be Harley Quinn again, he'll be like, yes, please. Yeah, sure. Especially you have though, you know, on the heels of Barbie and everything. But. Well, and I mean, look, people love that character. They love her. She's a bit, I mean, like why would, and yeah, you know. Yeah. And fuck it. Just do it. Like who cares for shit? Like, um, you don't need to make it like a whole multiverse referential. It's just like, yeah, it's just the same actor playing the, you know, right. We've, we've done, done this before. We've seen, we, we, we're all grown ups now. We know how movies work. Yeah. You know, we don't need this, you know, um, you don't need to explain this stuff or you need to at least explain it a little bit in your movie where it's actually a part of the plot. Right. Right. All right. Well, that I think does it for The Flash. It does. I think you and I probably agree that next we've got to watch. Uh, we've got to finish watching Ahsoka, right? Yes. Because I have thoughts. Oh, boy. On, on the Ahsoka program. Um. Well, as of this recording, the last episode comes out tomorrow, right? That sounds about right. Um, yeah. I mean, part of me does not really want to talk about Star Wars anymore. But, yeah. Um, I but think, this one- you know, I think there's enough. I, I have been, you know, I, I've been watching it. So I guess I can, if I can stand to watch it, I can stand to talk about it. So. Oh, I've, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm, believe it or not, I'm caught up on it. That is surprising to me, actually. Uh, I, I was traveling a lot yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, that'll do but, it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that one's going to be worth talking about. I think there's a lot to discuss there. Yeah, I have, I definitely have thoughts. And I definitely, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so we'll do Ahsoka. Sure. Two two guys who know nothing about this character prior to this, um, more or well, less. Well, that's part uh, of my, that's part of my, uh, I think that's, that's part of the fun here is, you know, watching this as old people who didn't watch the, the kids shows about right. Star Wars. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun experience. That th- this was tar- this show was targeted at us, Correct. right? This, this, they, they wanted us to watch this show and they wanted us to have thoughts on it. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. Uh, and my spoiler thought is Ray Stevenson. I'm very sad you passed away for many reasons, but one is that you did great in this show and your sexy space daddy Jedi. <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about, about him in this show. Uh, yeah, I definitely have thoughts. Uh, so we'll talk about that next. All right. And you should also watch Wheel of Time season two. No, I really can't because I never finished season one. Damn it, Greg. And uh, they just put out a new Castlevania. Oh, boy. On Netflix. Oh, boy. It's, uh, it's, uh, boy. They, I, boy, I had stuff. This show's got stuff in it. <laughs> that show's got stuff in it. <laughs> I'll just say this. Castlevania Nocturne. I didn't realize that they were moving on to a different Castlevania era in the Castlevania Netflix shows because I don't think they finished the last one yet. But uh, this one takes place during the Paris Commune. Oh. Um, and, you know, kind of in the in the in the in the, you know, the, the second French Revolution. Um, and yes, our main characters are, uh, you know, revolutionaries um trying to like talk about like you know overthrowing the aristocracy and the church and all of this and it's very clear that they're like the vampires the aristocracy the church all bad uh this show is a show for anarchists because not only 
does it take place, you know, in like the Paris Commune, but also they bring in characters who were like revolutionaries in Haiti. They're now part of the mix helping out <laughs> just to be like, yeah, well, also we've got these other guys who like killed the slave masters. These are your heroes. The bad guys are the vampires who want to reinstall an aristocracy. I'm like, yes, 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 please tell me more. And they're also like, and now a lot of the vampires are uh, black and indigenous people because they haven't got a lot of representation in, you know, like this kind of media before. I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. However, the good guy is a white guy who fights the black vampires with a whip. And oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Oops. I mean, I don't know how you get around that <laughs> within the context of the established lore, but oh boy, this show has stuff in it. That seems like someone should have maybe. I mean, like, maybe I'm reading too much into that. Maybe. Because also a lot of the, like, it's not like all the good guys are white vampire hunters with whips. Like, sure. there are protagonists of color in the show as well. And, you know, characters who are kind of, you know, th th there's... It's everywhere, but there is some symbolism there that's like, oh yeah, I guess uh, that whole thing of the whip being the key weapon in uh, in the Castlevania games. What is it a whip, or is it one of those whip things that has like a dagger on the end? Uh, it's. I mean, it's the 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 uh, the, the, the Belmont weapon has always been a whip. Got it, very, got it. You know, varying degrees of a whip, but it's always been a whip. You know. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a chain and sometimes it's a sharp whip or whatever, but like it's always been a whip. Like that's the thing, you know, uh, never made a lick of sense. Not like whips have a big place in vampire lore, but you know, I guess when they were making the NES game, they're like, ah, would be cool if this guy had a whip. Sure. Yeah. I have uh, never played a Castlevania game. Um, I know basically nothing about it except for the, uh, kind of famous speech at the end of one of them. The beginning. Beginning of one of them. Of, uh of Symphony of the Night, which is the best of all Castlevania games. No one will argue it. But also, that game starts with you playing as Richter Belmont, uh, who was the hero of the previous game in the series. But this, the Castlevania Nocturne series, is about Richter Belmont. Oh. Um, but uh, anyway, it's 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 decent. It's, it's like I say, that show has some stuff in it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. We're going to watch Ahsoka next, not Castlevania Nocturne, because I already watched it, and I think I already said all I have to say about it. Yeah, and uh, I will also bring some bonus commentary about I finished uh, Fallen Order. Oh, so, good for you. Uh, you know, and I know you played that, and we talked about it a little bit, but... And you got the, all the Dathomir stuff and the Night Sisters. Yeah, which is and now feeling, they're in this, feeling this show. yeah, referenceable, and it's like, okay, like, uh, yeah... I don't know, Greg. I'm gonna get bummed out again when we talk about it, but it's fine. Not not that I don't think Ahsoka's good, but or bad or whatever. But it's just like again, we'll get there. It's but, far from perfect. No, and it's also just like, why couldn't we just do this but different and better? We I had that yes. opportunity. So all right, all right, we'll all save right. it. Save it. All right, buddy. <sighs> talk to you later. Bye.